Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow can make it better. Do you really think we can? Yes. Well, we're audacious enough to believe here at The Catch that we can uh, make it better in the world. But, of course, when we say that, it's not what we're doing, but it's what the Holy Spirit can do in and through our lives as we connect to the world around us. And, and that's what we love to talk about here at The Catch, especially and, and on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday nights. We like to talk about where we fit into the culture, what is going on around us, how do we think about that as Christians, how do we connect. Um, boy, there's just and these days, my goodness, there is so much going on and uh, uh, so much that we don't understand and we're confused about and scared about. All kinds of emotions creep in here. And uh, uh, boy, I tell you, our, given all of that, our guest tonight um, is perfect uh, for this discussion uh, simply because uh, he's a pastor. He's a professor. Uh, he's a doctorate in theology and other things. He has, uh, uh, and he's, but I, I would say over all that, he's a thinker. And uh, we love to have Christians who think. Uh, I love to have them here on Blog Talk Radio because I want to encourage us all to, to be deep thinkers uh, as Christians the world. Um, and I don't care how old you are, and some of us boomers are getting up there, you know, it's easy to think, oh, well, I've already done my thing. No, you haven't. You're not done yet. We're not done until the last breath. Until So we've got a lot to think about and a lot to do uh, uh, wherever we are in life, and that's what we like to talk about here, and I think this is going to be a great discussion uh, tonight, our guest, his name is Brian Burton, and I I met him. Uh, well, I remember him mostly from uh, uh, Seattle, where uh, he was a pastor at a church for uh, of Dave and Dave and Pat Kelly, who are very much involved in the catch, um, and uh, that's where I got to know to know Brian. He tells me that we go back farther than that. Uh, I'll let him tell that story if he wants to, <laughs> but uh, uh, Brian is uh, now in Lakeland, Florida. He is the pastor of Hope Community Church, and uh, and he is a phili- affiliate professor at Fuller Seminary. And like I said before, uh, he's 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 a thinker, and I want him to help us think about the world around us and especially we're going to focus in tonight uh, on the church 
So uh, I want you to welcome uh, to us, and I'm having a little bit of trouble right now. Hang on, hang on, everybody, because I lost my window. (laughs) Uh, Hold on, Brian, because if you're talking, we can't hear you. Um, That's because, here we go, hang on. Hmm. I don't know how that happened, but I lost my spot. Um, I just, you know, everybody don't lose it here. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I can try this. Uh, Radio studio. There it is. Oh. Oh. Brian, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, I, I lost my uh my my connection, which I have a, a whole studio spread here on my screen, and I went to another screen and uh uh just lost the whole thing there. So Apologize no problem. to you and to our guests. Here we are. Um, no problem. Please, please everybody, uh, fit an official welcome to Brian Burton. Brian, welcome to the Catch on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much, John. It's a real privilege and honor. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you. Brian, uh, we've been talking uh, a little bit, you and I here warming up for, for our time together about the state of the American church. Uh, where, where do we begin? And what are some of the issues that we are facing today in this very wild and crazy time we live in? Uh, there you go. I'm just going to throw that to you. And once we get going, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be good. <laughs> Thank, thanks, John. Let's, let's just make it a conversation. Uh, you know, I, th- I think the bottom line is, is, is and, and, in, and being connections with so many people, not only here in America, but in Europe and around the world, I think, I think what COVID did was kind of expose uh, kind of the state of the church and our Christian lives in such in ways that I think have surprised us and people hmm. trying to adapt. But I think, I think some of it really accelerated some of the trends that were there, but no one wanted to pay attention to. And a lot yeah. of us, are, a lot of us are having those kinds of conversations, both again, not only in the church, but also in, in, in theological education. And I think that, that, that's, I think what we're saying, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know, it, you know, being part of what it meant to be part of a church and part of a Christian community has, has been raised. And it, and then you look at the at the issues going around. You know, we're having this conversation in the middle of waiting for a verdict in Minnesota, and you know, so we have that issue. We've got our our, our health issues. We've got our economic issues. We've got our global issues. All these things have kind of just come on to us. And how are we as Christians supposed to respond to that? And that is, you know, I've yeah. always viewed myself yeah. as part of my job. My my, my job as a pastor and a huh. professor is to be first and foremost, an exegete of, of the scriptures and, 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 and the orthodox tradition of the church, but also right. an exegete of culture and how do those intersect, which is why I love your show, and I love the way you've engaged that over the years, 
because I think that has to be the way in which we think and reflect and act as Christians right. um, with conviction, but not, I use the word, I'm not, I can't use it on the line here, but you know, that we're not, we're not, we're not given permission to be jerks about it. <laughs> how do we do, how do we, how do we do that with grace intact, which is a passage which came out of wisdom and grace, which came out of what I preached on Daniel this past week out of J- Daniel chapter two, mm. Daniel mm. spoke with grace. He spoke with wisdom and tact. And so how do we do that as Christians in the environment in which the heated, hostile, Boy. angry, yeah. anxious, worrisome culture in which we live? Yeah. And I think that's a real challenge. And there, there aren't easy answers. And people who are offering easy answers don't listen. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it, it's, it's having to live into the tension. Yeah, boy, and we haven't been we haven't been very tactful, uh, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I think we all uh, know that. But uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned those trends um, that that the COVID has has brought forward. Tell, uh, tell us a couple of those, or, or what what you know, identify one or two of those trends uh, going on well, right if, now. If, if you if you look at some of the trends that I think are pretty reliable when they come out of um, some, some of the people who give us our religious trends, the Barna, the Pew oh, and yeah. such, mm-hmm. you know, we, we already, we already knew, we already knew church attendance was, was descending despite mega churches, despite everything else. And you're even looking at the flagship churches now struggling in the midst of all this. It was many people believe they could be followers of Jesus without being part of a concrete incarnational community. And all COVID did was basically expose the reasons why, and, and this was, there's been several studies done on this through the years, that there are several reasons why people actually continue to come to church. And, and the biggest one actually wasn't for the ones you would think, to worship, to grow in their Christian life, et cetera. It was socialization. So what COVID did was basically expose, if you can't be socially together, they would find other ways to socialize. And so, so what we've seen is even, even as things have opened up, people have found other ways to do that, whether it's getting on a boat, whether it's going hiking. And none of those things are bad in themselves, but there's still this call to be in an incarnational community that's tangible, that people – and again, I think we're missing that in COVID. I mean, some of our senior citizens who have felt so isolated and alienated in the midst of others long for it. But it's not just our elderly. It's, it's, it's younger people. It's millennials. It's all of those. I yeah. talk to my students at the church here and they're saying, you know, we just want, we just want to be together. We just want to play sports together. We just want to, you know, and, and I think that accelerated one part of it is why do people really want to be part of a Christian community? I think the other one is, can you still believe in God? Because we've now seen the acceleration of the nuns at an astronomical rate that's never been seen in, in Western Christianity. And so what, what, is that, what does that really mean? And there's still so much reflection and thinking and study that needs to be done in that area. I think, I think those are a couple I'd, I'd hold out right away. But God has always called the people for himself that are tangible, seeable, mm-hmm. touchable, mm-hmm. because at the heart of our faith is a God who incarnated himself in his son, Jesus Christ. And so the body of Christ has to be an incarnational community. So – but but Brian, I think what we're saying are we not saying that the body of Christ is going to look a lot different uh, than it has? In, it, it already does. 
is that is that going to change? Because uh, I mean, look at the millennials; they're 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 not going to church uh, to a large extent, uh, and yet, you know, many of them, some of them, believe believe in the Lord. And and what are they going to do? What is this thing going to look like down the road? Well, the church has always figured it out. I think our problem in the West is we want it figured out next, next, next day, next year, and <laughs> and it, it's going to it's going to morph because of our technology, because of our cultural changes, etc. Even talk to the millennials, and you know, our, our, my kids are the same way. My kids love Jesus, um, and and they now have grandkids. They're married, you know, but mu- much of much of where they're going is. Yes, they occasionally go to church, but they are also connected to other communities. They're connected to uh, other Christians of their age, etc. But there's also a longing that isn't met because of that. And I think that's where somewhere we need to tap into. I mean, you know, how, you know, you, you look at the young person in the in the in the New Testament, like Timothy. You know, I think there needs to be this certain sense of how how do how do how do people speak into that in an incarnational way when right now we haven't been able to be incarnated <laughs> with COVID. Yeah. But yeah. If, if, if incarnation comes back, how do we as a church, maybe, maybe it's forcing the church to ask those questions in new ways. We thought it was small groups for a while, <laughs> you know, but maybe there, there are different ways we're going to have to be church without sacrificing the conviction, because again, I, you can't get around the fact that the body of Christ is, is a body, not a spiritual or virtual reality. No right. matter how you want to slice and dice that theologically, biblically, you cannot do that. And so then it's going to require theological, biblical reflection on what does that mean for us to be the church today in a new day of technology. I mean, the church has had to do this before. It's not like right. it's new. It, but it's new to us in our generation. I mean, we had to figure out what it meant to be church when televangelists started doing televangelism. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. they were starting churches. And it's still true. And my own parents, my, my goodness, you know, they stopped going to church and were watching Bob Schuler. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just like, and, and nothing could have been further from who I am as a Christian than Bob Schuler. No, no slice and dice there. But, you know, <laughs> that's where my parents ended up, you know, landing for their own faith and nourishment, you know, in their later years of life. And so, you know, I think there's something there that is going to force us to have to think differently, creatively, et cetera. Um, and I just wish we'd start being honest about it rather than either bemoaning it with despair at one level that I hear from some yeah. of my colleagues yeah. and somehow just embracing it with, with, with very lack of very little criticism that, this may not be the best way to address this issue, but to really challenge folks to what it means yeah. to be part of the body of Christ. We talked uh, a little bit earlier, Brian, about uh, how uh, attendance in Christian colleges and, and especially seminaries uh, is, is dropping off. Uh, yep. Should we be should we be worried about that? I mean, where is the leadership uh, in the church going to come from if if that's happening? Well, you know, I'll go I'll go back to my my own my own sense of calling. I came out of Bethel College and Seminary, now Bethel University in the Twin Cities. 
I, I was working in, in, in the music industry and thought that was where God was calling me. I was enjoying it, feeling, feeling like I'd followed Jesus in the midst of all that years and years ago in, in, in the early 80s. And, and, and the bottom line was, was all of a sudden some changes happened in the music industry, which required I didn't have a job. And I went home to my pastor, Stuart Briscoe at Elmbrook Church, great church in, in, in Metro Milwaukee. And I said, what do I do with my life? And I'd done, I'd done a summer internship. And he says, have you ever considered being a pastor? And, and, and you know, I never had. Back then, uh, Father Mulcahy was about the only model you had on, in any cultural way in MASH, you know. And I wasn't a <laughs> Father Mulcahy. You know, and so I had a I had a pastor who challenged me that way, you know, to be a pastor, investing in students, you know, doing that kind of thing. And I think part of it is, is, you know, I get to I, down here in Florida, unlike in Seattle, I get to go to career day and talk to kids about being a pastor hmm. and, and and saying, saying, you ought to really think about this, because, if you know, my one of my impetus of going into the ministry was, you know, how can I best impact and change the world for the better and for me the answer was the gospel of jesus christ i i I was convinced of that because of the church i was part of but also just a sense of the leading of the spirit of god and opportunity given and i think somewhere Mm um many of us you know many of us again are we encouraging people you know you know i have a close connection with the mercy ships i have no problem telling somebody why don't you go spend a few weeks on the mercy ships? Why don't mm-hmm. you Why don't you invest a little bit in a short term trip with World Vision? Why don't you Why don't you go check this out? Because if you're really committed, and this is millennials, this is you know Generation Z, go see that this may be a very viable way to make a huge difference, you know, in the world today. Um, it's not going to get the headlines, but this is a very viable way to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and, sem- and, sem- and seminaries used to be, again, when you went to seminary, you were training for you know, ordained ministry in a church. Right. You know, then it kind of moved that you were training people for the mission field, NGOs, um, and then it got expanded even further to workplace ministry, which I think were all good moves. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. again, but then again, if you don't need to be incarnational, because most of what I do right now is teaching online. I, I don't teach in the classroom much anymore. So I'm not incarnational, even in my theological education calling. Right, right. So, but, but, but the benefit of that is I have people from Europe. I have people in Europe. I have people in China. I've got people in America. I got people in Australia. I have people all over the world that I get to teach each and every week from all over the globe, which I never would have if it was simply an in-person experience. So, you know, again, there's pluses and minuses. I'm just upset that there's not much reflection on, on 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 both both the challenges and the opportunities and and yeah. being honest about the challenges but seizing the opportunities you know um Brian I didn't I did not go to seminary I <laughs> I had a guy uh named Ron Ritchie who who stopped me in the middle of a summer when I was deciding what I was going to do with my life after I graduated from college and I was enrolled in a seminary. And, uh, this, this, this guy told me, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to seminary. He says, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I want to go into the ministry. And he says, well, 
here's the deal. Uh, I, I just got out of seminary. So why don't you come with me to this church I'm going to, and you can, uh, you can disciple under me and I'll teach you everything I know. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I went with that. And then, and then, you yeah. know, today I'm aware that Tony Campolo, for instance, is uh, mentoring young, young pastors and I, our, our friend Leighton Fort is doing the same. Yep. Um, is, is this is this maybe part of those trends? Is this is some of the training going to happen outside of these official, the old forms of seminary and these kinds of things? What do you think? Well, it always has, and I, I'm par- I'm part of the Leighton Ford Ministries too in the mentoring program, and I'm a beneficiary of that. Well, I think great. it supplements it. I think it's supplementary, actually, John. I think, you know, you know, people still need systematic. They still need to know their theology. They still need to know their Bible. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. practicalities of doing ministry are still essential. But again, in, in the best of seminaries where there were consortiums and those kinds of things that went with the degree program, if you came out of a denomination, I'm in the PCUSA, there were requirements uh, on internships and such for you to do that kind of work. And we were pretty, we were pretty, actually, I think, I think we were pretty good at doing that both at Fuller and at Regent and other places I've taught of doing that. So I I think it's a both and um, this whole thing that somehow you book, you know, like church history. I I know it sounds stale for some, but you know what, not much news happening in the church, even, even a pandemic, the church has had to deal with pandemics and plagues before. So Mm -hmm. there may be wisdom there that, if, if 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 people are exposed to that in a in a positive way, and how some of those who've gone before us, again, paying attention to C.S. Lewis, who said we got to be real careful of historical snobbery that what's contemporary is better than what has been, I think is a really important case. And so I think it's a both and. I think it needs relational people you respect. I benefited from it at Elmbrook. I benefited in my mm-hmm. seminary degree. You know, and 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 but at the same time, those people were not able to give me the the thing I needed um, educationally to also integrate into that ministry calling. And so, you know, I I think it's a both. It's going to be what does that look like in a new day? Okay, Um, Brian, thinking of most of most of our audience who who is listening here. uh, are, are not people who are in ministry, but they are believers and they're touching people in, in the world in some one way or another. We, uh, you know, this is a scary time and uh, you, you're talking about Hope Community Church. I, I, it sounds like um, that was a, uh, did I, did I pick up that might've been a new name and uh I, I think I'm getting around to saying, how can we, how can we as believers in the culture and in, in the setting in which we live with so much unsettling and so much fear, you know, how can we be ministers of hope uh, to people? I know that's a big I, I, question. I think that, well, yeah. I think it's a big question, but it's the right question. I, I think, you know, going back years, you know, how, you know, the whole thing of hope. And I, I look at people like N.T. Wright who are writing about it now. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
it, it, it's this sense, and it, it, you don't you don't need you know Jesus' disciples didn't go to go to seminary. They don't have PhDs in theology. Again, we've got to leave that open to how God uses us and gifts us and empowers us, et cetera, right. to do that kind of work. Um, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, even, even for, for the listeners, but even for the community I serve right now, it's, you know, and, and again, you know, my wife's from Belfast, Northern Ireland. We spent six years there. You know, how do you, how do you navigate the troubles there? And, and the challenges we're facing here right now are almost bigger than what we faced when we were living there during the troubles. I mean, and, 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 and so it's, 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 it's how churches are actually getting around to the business of, of, again, it's not a, another training class. It's not any of that. It's, I think it's more of an encouragement and an enablement and it's an empowerment. It's a, it is a preaching and teaching into, but how, how, how are you given opportunity to show the hope of the gospel? And Jesus Christ? We just came out of Easter. If, if mm-hmm. we can't talk about hope, not just hope for eternal life, but hope in the midst of COVID, hope in the midst of racism, hope in the face of, uh-huh. you, know, uh, uh, you know, aging, um, which, again, you know, th- that's another one I deal with a uh-huh. lot pastorally. Um, it, it, it's the other side. You know, how do you find hope in that? How do you be agents of hope in that? It, we don't need to be grandiose so it's on the front page of the papers or, or spread all over social media. It's just how do you bring hope to someone who may be despairing, who's in addiction, whose marriage is falling apart, who feel like, again, our students being bullied at, 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 at school. Um, hmm. You know, it's, it, it doesn't take much to bring hope to somebody. And I think we try to make it sometimes more complicated and bigger than it really is. Hmm. It's a word. It's, a, it's, a, it's I'm here for you if you need it. Um, and really meaning with some authenticity some reality, you know what I was, and being being vulnerable yourself, you know what, um, it's it's it, it, you know there there have been times in my life where I've had to deal with depression, um, not not that I needed a tablet, but I needed to figure out how to process what was going on around me and not internalize it and personalize it. Well, to be able to share that as a pastor without being voyeuristic and letting people you know know more than what, what I did, it's having that vulnerability to say, you know, I've wrestled with that too. It really hurt when I lost my best friend to, you know, cancer I, it, it, and, and, and saying, saying, but in the end of the day, my hope was found in my belief in Jesus Christ that, you know, um, and, and, and being able to just say that, speak it, live it simply, authentically. And if we as a church can help people understand that. And then for us, we've done a couple of things ministry wise, you know, we're open, we opened a thrift shop. Primarily to you know that basically services some of the lower income people at, at a price mm-hmm. range that's far more you know we're bringing hope to some of the, our homeless people we we do, we do all kinds of things it, it's not a lot of hard work to do that I, mm-hmm. I think that's the whole point I think we sometimes think it's such hard work we just never get around to doing it whereas you know putting together a bag I, I, again we put the, the, our kids put together these bags for our homeless people and then the church mm-hmm. takes them out and when they see them, hand them to them and, 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 and tell them in the name of Jesus, may this give you hope. It, that's, that's, that doesn't fix the problem, but you know, for that second, it gives hope. Sure. You know? And, and I, think, I think there's got to be a way where we quit making it so complicated and just say, this is one way you can bring hope. And, 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 and you, only you can figure that out because hope's going to come wrapped up in you, not wrapped up in me as your pastor, 
or anybody else. Just the hope that's yours in Jesus Christ, be willing to share it in word and deed with somebody else. Yeah. Wow. Well, shoot, we've only got a couple minutes left uh, here, Brian. Um, can we can we get? I I, I want to just encourage our people here at the end as to what a, a little more. I'd like you to talk a little more about how how we can do this, how we can be uh, be believers in in the world around us and 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 with our neighbors and you know it's uh it, it's such a different it's, a, it's such a different world now and um yeah, yeah how, how do we make how do we make these connections and uh what do we do in the midst of covid i know these questions are vague but uh just give us some encouragement here at the end of what uh what we can do to be like daniel <laughs> i love that yeah well yeah. Well, well yeah. And, and, and again, don't forget, it was a hostile environment for Daniel and, mm-hmm. and, and his friends and, and the rest of Israel. And they, they refused to bow down. I mean, that was the thing. And, and I think that would be my word of hope and encouragement. You know, in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a time right now where there's a lot of hostility towards, you know, the, the, the Orthodox, and I mean, Orthodox in the mere Christianity sense of Lewis, that, that again, don't lose your essential convictions of the faith. Mm-hmm. Hold, as, as Paul writes in Thessalonians, hold fast and steadfast to your faith that you've been taught. Hold fast to it, know it, and, and, and embrace it. At the other level, it's look for opportunities that God gives you to express that in what you say and what you do around the people God's putting in your life. You mm-hmm. don't have to save, Mother Teresa used to say, you're not, you're not called to save the whole world, you're supposed to save the world that you live in. And so it's mm-hmm. taking seriously your context. You know, why did we start a thrift store? You know, my wife ha- ha- headed that up, getting it started because we knew there was a need in our local community. So our calling as a church is to bring hope to this community and around the world. So we are tied to places like Wycliffe, the Mercy Ships, that all bring hope in differing ways of which we can partner in the global church. But our main job is to be agents of hope you know, our, our, it's, not an, it's not new, but to, our Hope Community Church exists to invite people, all God's, all people, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to know that they belong to God through him and belong to one another and the world that God so much loved that he sent Jesus and now sends us, and then to become more like Jesus in all that we do and say. And that, that's, that's almost what I say every Sunday when I stand up to welcome people virtually huh. online and in person. And that doesn't make me some, some great scholar or pastor or anything else. That's the essence of the gospel. And that'd be my encouragement to everybody who's listening. Beautiful. You can do this. You can do this in the power of the spirit. If you hold fast to the faith, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church and death hmm. will not overcome it, including a pandemic. Hmm. Death will hmm. not overcome it. If you stay faithful you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I want to live that out. And I just firmly believe that, John, with all my heart and spirit and soul. That's great. Brian, thank you so much for spending a half hour with us tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, I pray God's blessing on, on your continued ministry. And, and 
uh, hopefully, you know, we can uh, we can have you again sometime down the road. I would love I would love to do that. And John, I just really want to affirm for your listeners, you have had such a significant ministry in music and your writing, and now in this. Again, thank you on behalf of all of us as well. So thank you. Great. All right, Brian. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you later, my friend. All right. Take All care. right. Grace and peace to you in Christ. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. There you go, folks. Thank you. Uh, I, I didn't pay for that comment. <laughs> Compliment. That was wonderful. <laughs> okay. God, God bless you, folks. Remember, you are the hope yourself. You are it. Let's be that. Let's be Christ. Let's be the church for those around us. Amen.